You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today. We are two licensed Texas licensed attorneys, and we're here as a public service to answer your legal questions, help you out if you get into a legal situation you don't know, uh, you need some information. Um, so uh, we're here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 on IRLoneStar.com. We're also on 104.5 and 106.1 Conroe's FM. And uh, so, Tony. We're going to talk about trees today. Is that right? Trees and encroachments and just sort of neighborly things. I've had uh, a lot of opportunity to talk to my neighbors, um, a lot of Aggies. who get to talk about that game this weekend. Did you yeah. see the game? No, no but I saw, I saw some highlights. Oh, my gosh. We were there. It was even though the Aggies lost 26-28, we, we did play the number two team in the nation, Clemson. Right. We should have won it, but for some bad calls by the ACC refs. That's what I heard. Um, of course, we, you know, if we just made an extra field goal or we hadn't made a couple of mistakes, we, you know, we could, we would have also won. But still, the number two team in the nation, and we still didn't make the top 25 in the AP, any of the polls, coaches poll, AP polls. So, anyway, game was amazing. I was yeah. talking to my neighbors about it. And then the subject of trees came up, and I just thought it was That's an interesting, interesting. topic. So yeah. we're going to talk about that. Absolutely. Well, you know, Texas leads the nations in the number of farms and ranches it contains. It's got over 248,800 farms covering 130.2 130, million acres. Wow. And, and so, I mean, it, you know, it makes sense that property lines, fence lines, trees that grow over fence lines. Oh, my gosh. Right now, because... Um, and I distinctly was thinking about this this morning when I got up, um, that even though hurricane season is getting ready to end, I think it starts in June and then mm-hmm. it ends in October or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a weather person, but our bad hurricanes seem to hit at the end of August and early September. Right. I hit September 8th, 2008, mm-hmm. and everybody lost the trees, fell over, knocked down power lines, fell on people's property. Right. And I just remember, everyone remembers in this area, that was so you know, the whole city shut down. And, of course, there was Katrina. And then we had, you know, Harvey last year and August 29th. So right right around this time of year, and we've got bad weather today, we've got, uh, uh, you know, uh, tree issues. And whenever those come up, I always get lots of questions about it. And I always just kind of, you know, I've never personally um, had any issues with my trees uh, on our property Mm -hmm. falling onto our neighbor's property Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But I thought I better look it up because a lot of my neighbors did. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's it's just a, a kind of thing, thing, fun thing we're going to go over. Yeah. So, okay. Now, um, did you? Uh, I guess cases involving trees have centered on three issues. When can the invaded landowner cut tree, mm-hmm. cut trees, tree limbs or roots? Mm-hmm. Everybody really wants to know that. I get they asked sure that question do. all the time. Right. Um, when can the owner of a tree prevent invading limbs and roots from being cut mm-hmm. by? whoever the mm-hmm. city or our neighbor or whatever mm-hmm. um and how are damages caused by trees assessed mm-hmm. and you know i kind of got me thinking um i have an expert that's i've used on some other issues here in conroe that knows all about trees and the ordinances and preservation and you know how you measure it it's 
you know, it's from the, uh, you measure it where I think it's called the, uh, around, it's called the breast, it's, it's called the DBH, and I can't remember it, the, the designated breast height, I think is what it is, mm-hmm. and you measure the diameter of the tree, and it determines whether it's a heritage tree and all stuff, but I'm not an expert, he is, but learned all about trees, but we're not going to get into all this today, I'm going to bring him in as an expert, and he's going to explain Conroe's, you know, tree preservation ordinances, and, and all that kind of thing, because it's, it's, it's kind of nitpicky, and Maybe you know something about this, and maybe I'll I'll run this by our station manager. Um, I know recently there was there was some discussion in the state of Texas through uh, our governor Greg Abbott um, about uh, the different tree ordinances and preservation laws, mm-hmm. and they were siding on the side of of allowing uh, tr- homeowners our landowners, property owners, mm-hmm. to not have to preserve trees, to let them do as they chose with their property, as opposed to preserving trees. you know anything about that? Mm-mm, I hadn't heard about that. And Station Manager Dick, do you know anything about uh, the tree preservation laws or what's going on in the state or anything? I know a little bit about it. Uh, I do know Houston has some pretty strict uh, tree laws, mm-hmm. considering like, like in Westview, and what you can dig up, what you can remove, right. and mm-hmm. uh, it has to do whether it's a heritage tree and how large it is, and and uh, all that kind of thing. I know that Conroe actually has a tree preservation ordinance. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with it? It's a it's one where there has to be, and this is me just off the cuff remembering it. Um, they uh, if they're if an developer comes in, they can't they can clear cut, but they have to have uh, so many trees left on the property. But if they remove the trees they can replace it and they've kind of complied with the ordinance and so it's kind of in my opinion a very weak ordinance but mm-hmm. but that's kind of off the what we were going to talk about today we're going to talk about damages and trees on residential property and that kind of thing okay so mm-hmm. um there was an interesting case i was reading and i thought it was really fun um and before we answer all the other questions um and this one kind of got me going uh it's a case that involved tree roots intruding on a neighbor's neighbor a's property Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tree was located entirely on neighbor B's property, and and so neighbor A was upset. Instead of cutting the roots at the property line, neighbor A <laughs> drilled holes and injected poison, killing the tree. Oh, good night. <laughs> Instead of talking about this neighbor, he's just going to kill it <laughs> on his own. And neighbor B successfully sued neighbor A for... $5,000. This was a long time ago, so I'm sure it would be more like 20000 now. Mm-hmm. The primary issue was whether the injection of poison constituted a trespass. And the appellate court, how do you think the appellate court held? Um, the injection of poison constitutes a trespass. In other words, did he get uh, away with it? Uh, I Yeah. No, I think it's a trespass. Yeah. Olin Gas Law would tell you that it is. Yes. Uh-huh. A person commits a trespass by causing or permitting a thing to cross the boundary line of the premises. And this was in the Fort Worth area. Um, Every unauthorized entry is a trespass, even if no damage is done. Mm -hmm. Now, there's another case, and it involved a 65-year-old cedar elm tree overhanging neighbor A's property. A big, beautiful tree. Mm -hmm. Um, The tree trunk was located entirely on neighbor B's property, okay? Okay. So, gorgeous tree Mm -hmm. on neighbor A's property. Think Westview. Mm -hmm. And neighbor B uh, is the one that's got the tree trunk, though. No, neighbor A's got the tree trunk, right? Says, uh, okay, N- neighbor uh, neighbor A, a uh, 65-year-old oh, cedar B's tree. Oh, B's got the tree trunk. Overhanging okay. neighbor A's property. So right. neighbor A's enjoying the okay. shade okay. of this gorgeous old tree. Right. But neighbor B's got the trunk. Okay. Okay. 
Um, at the rooftops of both neighbors' houses, the tree split into two large branches. One branch that weighed about 3,000 pounds extended above neighbor A's house. Okay. Okay. This is still neighbor A. Remember, he's got the, the mm-hmm. overhang. A 90-mile-per-hour wind blew through the area, causing the branch to fall on neighbor A's house. Uh-oh. As you can imagine. Okay. So, neighbor A sued neighbor B for damages, alleging the tree and the neighbor's actions constituted negligence, nuisance, and a trespass. I can see that happening mm-hmm. here, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, 100-foot trees, mm-hmm. a little bit of wind, and looks oh, like yeah. a perfectly healthy tree. Uh, the appellate court dismissed the charge for negligence and concentrated on whether a nuisance or a trespass had occurred, mm-hmm. okay? The definitions of nuisance and trespass cited by the court and contained in the restatement of torts uh, required an intentional entry or invasion on the land, uh, on onto the land of another. In this case, the tree branch extending across Ace property was not intentional. Okay. Um, the court further concluded that the testimony provided that some basis for reasonable minds to conclude that neighbor B did not intentionally act to cause the tree to fall on his neighbor's property, and so there was no liability. And in summary, the definition of trespass varies and continues from, from case to case. And I will just say this, knowing a little bit about trespass in Texas and nuisance, um, the there there was a law, a uh, new law through the Supreme Court that basically determined that you cannot have um, trespass as actually an entry onto someone's property, an intentional entry, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Private nuisance is a completely different story, and it basically has been annihilated by, right. uh, by new state law it's almost impossible to prove and um i think the the case is uh, cross text north north cross i can't remember the exact name i'll have to get it but the bottom line is it's, if you've got a problem with nuisance with regard and you've like a tree issue branch issue whatever it's really really difficult to prove private nuisance almost impossible so um so you have to rely on other means like ordinances uh, statutes um and I think best getting along with your your neighbor, <laughs> yeah. talking with them about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can actually have a discussion about it and settle, you know, whatever the dispute may be, that may be the easiest way to get to to resolve your issues. Okay, now what do you have for me? Well, um, I've got um, you know homeowners homeowners insurance. Does it cover damage caused by fallen trees on property? So, like this case you just talked about. Mm-hmm. So he sued the neighbor and didn't win. But what about his homeowner's insurance? Um, what do you think? You well, think it covers it or it no? It depends. Mm-hmm. It always depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have several friends that have insurance agencies, and every time they t- they want to know the source of, you know, you have to look at what the tree looked like. Was there any negligence or anything? But they want to know the, the reason that the tree fell over. Was it a flood? Was it wind? Was it an act of God? Was it because somebody, you know, sawed into it or poisoned it? They, they've got it. You've got to know the source. And then that determines whether or not um, somebody's insurance is going to cover it. And so here's one scenario. My neighbor's tree damages my house. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, I'm thinking my neighbor's at fault because their tree fell on my house or my yeah. car or whatever. Yeah. Um, if your neighbor's tree falls on and, da- and damages your house, they are not responsible. But that's not crazy. At least from an insurance perspective, your homeowner's insurance would cover the cost of the repairs minus whatever your deductible is. Mm-hmm. So um, you need to find out how much your deductible is by checking with the declaration page of your insurance policy. Or get with your today. Now, like just it doesn't cost you anything to call the person that insures your property. Right. I mean, they're getting the, the premiums off of you, probably making quite a bit of money. 
my guys that that own insurance companies and for some reason it's all guys uh, they live in really really big houses so I think they're making a lot of money right, uh, right. and it didn't matter what, what insurance company it is um, so you want to check with them just give them a call uh, but also look at your declarations page it'll give you an idea the same would be true if your neighbor's tree falls and damages other property like your fence garage pool equipment or other oversized concrete swan sculpture whatever whatever it is right um, well this may seem strange it is important to remember that insurance is on the house not the tree okay and the same thing kind of goes for when you have when somebody's driving a car and they have car insurance mm-hmm. the insurance is on the car and not the driver I always have to remember that because when you get in a wreck you're like I want to see your car insurance the insurance always covers the car at first, you'll always look to see, is the car covered? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's all the little, you know, nuances, whether you've got a rental insurance and will it cover that and all that kind of thing under your own policy. But it always covers the car. So the owner of the dam- damaged property pays uh, because because their insurance is, is protecting their property. Mm-hmm. Now, right. Um, but you say, my neighbor should have cut the tree down. That's disease. It's been there for so long. Everyone could see just like in this other case. And it's their tree. It's their fault. Right. Unfortunately, that argument typically will not hold up. Providing negligence in a case like this is very difficult for trees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, if your neighbor has a tree that looks unhealthy and is a source of concern, talk to them about it. Um, you can't force someone to cut down their tree, but you can certainly bring it to your neighbor's attention. If he doesn't respond, consider sending a certified letter. Um, if the negligent or something does happen down the line, you'll have covered yourself that way. Yeah, you've so got that's proof. the first case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, actually, there's a there, I'm looking at a different bunch of different scenarios here. Uh, what if my tree damages my neighbor's house? So how do you think that would work out? If if well, I think it would be the same thing. Yeah, you can probably already guess what happens when your tree falls on your neighbor's house. The, his homeowner's insurance would cover the cost of repairs minus whatever the deductible is. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, you, you really better be, just be sure that your house has got insurance for those, and your car, if it was the car that fell on, for those kind of damages. Short of proving there is negligence, insurance is not going to be, it's, it's not going to help you if you've got a high deductible. So look into that. You might be able to get a rider for tree damage. Yeah, you can get a rider for flood damage. Right. So you want to look into that if you're in an area with lots of trees. Right. Quite a bit. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, You can send us your questions. We're live on Facebook right now, and you can question us that way, or you can send us your questions at questions at legalconnectionshow.com. We will be right back after the break. Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at paththeplate.com. 
www.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for a summer internship, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about trees, different laws and boundaries and neighborhoods and different situations that can arise uh, involving trees. When somebody's tree falls over, who's responsible? City, state, you know, that's because it's coming up a lot because of the rains. Oh, yeah, we're going to have some situations, yeah. Out here in Montgomery County, we have tree situations all the time. And when um, a tree, when we have a bad storm, and we live in just the gorgeous wooded area, mm-hmm. and that tree takes down one of our, um, our, our our lines for our internet. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, "Whose tree was it?" <laughs> well, you know, I remember Tony years ago. Uh, I'm from Dallas. Yeah, I know. Don't hold that against me. I'm from Dallas. Go Dallas. Dallas. Huh. Um, we lived in a beautiful neighborhood with all these big, gorgeous trees and all that, and it rained for several days. Mm-hmm. And we were driving around after it quit raining, and there was this massive tree. It's hard to describe, but it was this massive, massive, beautiful tree. And it had fallen over, hit the asphalt in the road, and buckled and broke it. Mm -hmm. But what really struck me was that that huge tree had no roots. It was, or they, yeah, they broke off. Depends on what kind of tree it is. Isn't that crazy? It was really crazy. And so the ground was wet. Mm -hmm. And I guess maybe there was some wind and it dislodged it. And it fell over. And these things do some serious damage. You never, you, it's hard to believe how much they weigh too. And we were watching a show on um, when they did the, you know, the 1999 A&M bonfire uh, when that fell down, all the people were killed. And that was just, I remember. I was crying when we rewatched this show because- uh, it was just such so devastating, and they were so. And I mean, even thinking about it now, they just had such good intentions, right. and and then all these these uh, these kids, these just young kids died. But what struck me as is how much they weighed. Yeah, the trees weighed so much that mm-hmm. kind of it's amazing. I mean, these hulking, huge football players went out of their way to to help move the manually move the the, the tree the logs, and. They could barely move them. They were so heavy. And so trees can do a lot of damage, right. even though they're pretty innocent looking. And we had a beautiful oak tree in our backyard, and it was fairly new. It was, I want to say, you know, when you're measuring in diameter, I want to say maybe it was 10 inches. Right. And um, it fell over, and it was one that kind of shaded our tennis court a little bit. Not that you'd want that to shade your tennis court, but it was just so beautiful. 
And I was devastated by this because I'm a tree lover. Yeah, me too. And I don't cut, and no trees come down as far as I'm concerned. They Mm -hmm. stay up because God put them there. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason there's a tree there. And so I don't, there's no trees come down on my, my, my watch. Mm -hmm. And so this tree fell over and I was asking my guys, I was like, you know, let's plant it back again. Well, we, they did. These guys were very creative and they used leverage and pulleys and they pulled this tree back into place and they, they secured it against other trees uh, and um, that was like about, uh, I want to say five or six years ago. And you, there was no roots. I mean, there was no roots. It looked like it just fell over and there was nothing. Right. No wonder it fell over. There was right. nothing keeping it in the ground. Right. They pulled it back up and, and I put like a little sod uh, over it. And that tree has grown and it's still secured by the other trees. But now I'm, I don't, it, it's so easy for one of these huge trees to fall over because there's no root. It's unbelievable. There, depending on the type of tree. Right. But you, I will say this, you can pull them back up again. My tree is beautiful. That is incredible. And um, it took a lot of work, but I begged them. And so they hoisted this oak tree, it's now a large oak tree, back up again. And so you can save your trees. You don't have to chop them up if they fall over. Wow. So that's just something else to know. Okay. Here's my question. And this is for station manager Dick. Let's see if he knows the answer. Who owns a tree? If you've got a piece of, if the tree's on some property and um, let's just say you don't know if it's on their property or your property or whatever, who owns it? I imagine at that point. Um, Hard question. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it's more of if I bought a piece of property, I want to know if I own the tree or not. Right. I would. So too. it'd be something that I would figure out with. Okay. So here is the textbook answer. The, the easy answer doesn't that's not, that don't have a legal side to it. Mm-hmm. The person who owns the land on which the trunk of the tree stands. If the trunk straddles the property line, both landowners can claim an ownership in the property. It's called a border tree. So if, uh, and then we've got some more questions about that. But basically, if that trunk is on your property, but it, it hangs over or, you know, large trees kind of bend, you own the tree even if it goes over onto someone else's property because the trunk mm-hmm. and the root system's on your property. Now, if you can show that some of the roots kind of go into your property, then it's a border tree. Hmm. So, that, so that's the answer. It's it's both if it's that close. Okay. But the trunk is the determining factor, not the branch or whatever. And the roots can also have an impact on it. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Um. So because if you even though it's the trunk, it's again if the if the roots are going over into the uh, onto another property or if the roots let's say the, the the trunk of the tree is primarily on another property, but the roots are on yours, you still have some claim to that that tree. That's good So there's know. something to be said. If you're trying to save your tree, then go out there and fight for your tree mm-hmm. if someone's clearing your land. Now, what right does a property owner have to trim a tree that belongs to a neighbor but has limbs or roots which overhang or grow onto the adjacent lot? Let me ask that again. What right does a property owner have to trim a tree that belongs to a neighbor? Okay, so the trunk is primarily on their side but has limbs or roots which overhang or grow onto your lot? Well, I think that the property owner uh, can trim. So it's you. You, you, don't, you don't have I don't have. I don't own the tree, mm-hmm. but its limbs are coming over into my mm-hmm. yard. I think you can trim up to your property line. Okay. So the, the textbook answer is a property owner has the right, and I believe you're right, to trim branches and roots that encroach onto her property from a tree belonging to a neighbor, but must exercise caution when trimming a tree or its roots. The following general rules apply to trimming a tree. The tree can only be trimmed to the property line. 
So you can. You can pretty much just shave it right off your property line. Mm -hmm. Odd looking. Mm -hmm. There is no right to trespass onto a neighbor's property to trim the tree unless the limbs threaten to cause immediate and irreparable harm. Okay. Okay. Um, The tree cannot be cut down or otherwise destroyed to eliminate the problem. It can only be trimmed back. And the expense of trimming is borne by the party doing the trimming. All right. So you can pretty much go, and if it's encroaching on your property, it's a trespass. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and so you can trim up to your property line, mm-hmm. but you can't go onto their property to unless trim. It's thre- unless it's threatening Unless it's property. a necessity. Right. right. Okay. And now, when, what rights does the owner of a tree have when the tree is damaged or destroyed by that neighbor? Okay, let's say your trimming has now destroyed the fruit tree. Um, if a neighbor goes too far and trims the tree further back than the property line, so this is going to be discretionary. Or if a neighbor cuts down or otherwise damages the tree on adjacent property, the neighbor damaging the tree can be liable for damages. Yeah. For instance, if a landowner applies, <laughs> a, just like in this other case I read, applies a chemical on his property to kill the roots of yeah. a tree mm-hmm. that encroaches onto his property and the chemical seeps into the soil and kills the tree on the neighboring property, the landowner applying the chemical chemical can be held liable for damages. And that's really difficult, though, because they'd have to prove that. Mm-hmm. Again, it's sort of like what we talked about last week with the cars driving off the lot. Mm-hmm. It's going to be up to the person that's making the accusation to be able to prove at a time certain who did it. and That they injected you know. poison in the root but system. But who's going to be killing a tree? You know? Um, you know, most trees have a replacement value of between 500 and 2,500. And that if you do that, if you actually damage the tree that's on someone else's property mm-hmm. by trimming up to your mm-hmm. property line and kill the tree, mm-hmm. then you could be liable up to three times the value of that tree. Right. right. And that's determined That by is court. really low, too, because um, the, I, uh, I learned from some of my experts that uh, depending on the size of the tree, it can be, you know, especially here in Montgomery County, yeah. if somebody, somebody cuts down your massive oak tree or your even a pine tree, I mean, they're all valuable to some extent if they're really large and it's taken hundreds of years to grow. Those can be, you know, oh, way right. over twenty five. Well, ornamental and landmark trees. Because it's replacement value. Yeah, have a value between $20,000 and $60,000. Right, right, right. And so, and you can't replace that. That's pretty much irreplaceable. Yeah. So if somebody, if there's a question about who owns the property and they come in and take your tree, they're going to be liable for quite a bit of money if they mm-hmm. come in and you know, clear your tree when they claim it. And that happens a lot when people say they have an easement mm-hmm. or if there's a, a, a even a, a minor title dispute. Though There's so many trees out here in Montgomery County and they're coming down so fast that um, it's just, you really just have to have uh, your, your I guess, your cell phone ready or just, you have to have evidence that that's what's happened because it's going to be your burden of proof. To you mean your cell phone to take pictures yes. of what's going on? Yes, yeah. uh-huh. mm-hmm. just to document it because, and then you never want to get in a tip. You don't want to breach the piece. You just kind of want to, to the extent that you just want to document it because people get kind of, you know, people get really sensitive about their trees. And they oh, get right. Out of hand. Yeah. Okay. So um, next question is, what, uh, did I already answer this question? Let me see. I think I may have. Um, does, what, what, I'm sorry. Does it make any difference if a tree is dead or dying and creates an imminent danger to life or property? I think we already answered that, but what do you think? Oh, I think it would. It's like we were talking about necessity. If it's if it's imminent, if it's immediately dangerous, then you can go onto their property and trim branches that hang over your property. Right, right. And um, really, I just don't see that that often. I see the, the electric companies come in, and they can do that because they have an easement and a right-of-way to do that. I just don't see that many people 
getting in a tiff over their neighbor's trees. But that's just that because I have really good neighbors. Mm-hmm. And um, and you're fortunate. Yeah, within our own within our subdivision, I haven't had any issues at all with our neighbors. It, it but it can get a little touchy when you're dealing with um, extrinsic uh, for, uh, forces. <laughs> so, okay, I have a question okay. for you. Um, if your neighbor's leaves from the tree keep, keep blowing in your yard, do you have a nuisance claim? No. I'm, in fact, I'm certain. I, mean, I could be wrong on this, but I'm almost certain that leaves are natural. That's right. And that, um, no, that's a, that would be something. Uh, you should be thankful that God gave us leaves and they're so beautiful and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But, mm-hmm. but no, um, I, I, so I guess I was right on that. You are. You're right. I mean, if they clog gutters, if they're always... Um, you know, doing something, getting in your... That, and that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. You're, if you don't have trees on your lot and your neighbor's got a forest mm-hmm. and their trees are blowing onto your property all mm-hmm. the time, um, then pretty much you have moved to your alleged nuisance, if you call that a nuisance. I don't think it's a nuisance. I think it's beautiful. But mm-hmm. Okay, to answer the unsound tree question, unsound trees that are a threat to neighboring property owners do not have the same protection as sound and healthy trees. And that was, you answered that exactly right. If the danger is immediate, the general rule is that an adjacent property owner can take reasonable action, including removal of the tree, to prevent damage. And this is when you're going to get a tit for tat. It was damaged and I cut it down. Well, it wasn't damaged because you poisoned it. <laughs> you had to cut it right. down. I mean, so you could get into a tiff over it. But um, again, I don't see too many people that are damaging trees like that. Um, there are a few, there are few, if any, court cases in Texas recognizing this, but I believe a landowner is justified in taking reasonable action to protect his life or property. Now, if the limbs of a healthy tree overhang the roof of a neighbor's property, is the owner of the tree under a duty to trim the tree back to protect the roof of the neighbor? I think we answered this. What do you think? Well, I mean, the land, the tree owner is going to have a duty of reasonable care. Right. That means inspect your property and mm-hmm. take care of anything that could cause potential mm-hmm. damage to mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. So, if that was your question, then I think the and the and the answer kind of goes back to it depends, but in general, no. The tree owner does not have a duty to trim the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, the adjacent landowner has the right to trim the tree back to the property line to protect his own property mm-hmm. and should exercise that right if he believes it's damaging his roof. So mm-hmm. you have to do like self help if it's encroaching onto your own property. Now, um, is an adjoining owner liable for damage to property caused by tree limbs or roots from a tree located? on the adjoining landowner's property. I think we already answered that one. At least one Texas court has said no, assuming the tree was healthy, okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, and again, the, the scenario is, is an adjoining landowner liable for damage to property caused by tree limbs or roots from a tree located on from their property? And again, that's if, if so it, the, the, the example is, you have a tree on your property and it falls over. Are you responsible for damage to the, the to next your neighbor? neighbor? Mm-hmm. And, um, no, not if it was healthy. You, the other neighbor needs to have um, insurance to cover that, or they need to protect themselves. Um, a 90-mile-per-hour wind caused the overhanging—let uh, me go back. A large tree located entirely on an adjoining lot grew into two large branches, and this is a case that we just looked at. A 90-mile-per-hour wind caused the overhanging portion of the tree to fall in the neighbor's house, severely damaging it. The owner of the damaged house sued his neighbors for negligence in allowing the tree to overhang his house alleging the tree owner was negligent in allowing it to become so big and not protecting them, you know, and all that stuff. And that the, the case, what the case, the court said, no, you saw that you needed to take, you needed to write him a letter. If you thought that was the case, you need to take your own self-help mm-hmm. uh, provisions. Mm-hmm. But if you buy a house and it's got a tree, even if it's over 20 years and it grows to that extent, 
you need to protect yourself and go get some insurance that may, uh, you know, better insurance in case the tree falls onto your property. Mm -hmm. Well, so here's, this kind of sums up what we've been talking about in a way, and then we're going to take a break. But Mm -hmm. my neighbor's tree looks like it's going to fall on my house. What should I do? You know, and and that's what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Landowners are responsible for maintaining the trees on their property. Mm -hmm. Legally, they have two duties, make reasonable inspections, and take care. So we'll we'll more fully answer this question when we come back from the break, but I think okay. it kind of sums up what we've been talking about. Okay. We're going to take a quick break We're right now. We're talking about fruit, too. Right, and that'll be interesting. <laughs> Can you eat the fruit off your neighbor's tree if it falls on your property? Um, or just trespass onto their Can property? You Can you do that? Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back with a legal connection with Tony and Cheryl. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone. Addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information, Extension Programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question, comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 Six four seven three seven seven six. Welcome back to the Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about trees and property law and property lines and what you can do 
if trees hang over your property or your tree arches and hangs over someone else's and property. And I love station manager Dick's questions on our break because yeah. he was asking, um, you know, this seems so trivial. Right. Why is it, it important? And and so I'll just ask you, uh, have you ever had any uh, situation with trees and, and what's your take on it? Well, yes. I mean, I, I've, I personally have not been like involved in a lawsuit or I think it's more <laughs> of like to me, a lot of the unknown is coming up from people mishandling the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to begin with. Mm-hmm. To begin the with. The relationship with their uh, Are neighbors. Not knowing. Or... The, the, the unknown also kind of gets people uh, Well, because, like, the way that, the well, only time I ever really encountered it is that, like, with neighbors, it's always been a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad would be like, I got to talk to our neighbor because that tree seems like it's dying. Uh-huh. And if it dies, it will fall into our yard. So we just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. And he's and every situation I know my father had been in, because that's the only real way, is they've always offered to pay for removal, you know, the tree just yeah. because. Me too. Because uh, the fence and, like, the fence is, growing, you know, mm-hmm. basically breaking yes. and mm-hmm. things like that. The other time is, like, I remember, uh, like, my aunt who lives in West U, they wanted to build a pool. Mm-hmm. Well, they had so many trees, and they had to go through this huge legal thing with the city because the city wanted to have a, a tree person come out and measure oh the, the, size, the size of the tree, the tree if they can remove it the or they can't remove it. And so to me, I was like, man, so you're telling me sometimes if you want to build a pool, you can't build a pool because of a tree? Well, and that's what we were talking about. Our homeowners association and the ordinances uh, will prevent you a lot of times from doing the things you want unless you can get some kind of variance and particularly – when you've got preservationists like in West Jew, and you don't have that in many areas, and they come and just take all the trees down. They have it in Dallas. They have it in West Jew. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, yeah, it does become an issue. But looking at it as, like, a lawyer, like, to me, these cases seem like this is just easy money for lawyers because it's such a no, trivial thing. No, it's terrible. And, pe- and these people are fighting. These well, bad people are fighting. Well, or- that's what I'm saying. It's more of those, like, oh, we're going to play on people's emotions than, like, we actually have written down laws and things because yeah, well, as a lawyer, attorneys- you're like, oh, it's easy. This is easy money just yeah, because. Yeah, but why? If you, well, lo- that's how lawyers get bad name. You don't want to go take easy money on something that. Well, I don't mean it as in, like, oh, it's this. What are, no, uh, there are attorneys that do that. Hey, I'll take that case. You got well, the money. Well, I mean, argue. you're looking at basically these two neighbors hate each other, and like I said, a lot of times, <laughs> well, a lot, lot, a lot of times things can be held with a conversation, especially a tree, and understanding like there's a lot of logic behind. Oh, I don't want this tree because it's literally bending my fence. Well, what can we do? But mm-hmm. then if you're bad, if you have bad blow with your neighbor, out I mean, where we live, and this happens all the time, and because we have so many. That's 50 a good to 100 point, foot trees mm-hmm. and they fall after these hurricanes that we have you know yeah. we have them every every other year every mm-hmm. few years we have a bad hurricane uh harvey and ike are the first ones that come to mind they fall into their pools they damage the entire uh, you know they they completely we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damages when they crash into roofs right they damage cars they could actually kill people i know that people have gotten hurt by fallen trees cars run into them there's 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 a nuisance because you can't move them because they're so big. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the 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 finger pointing goes if you don't even know these people, what did they should have known? It was a dying tree. It's there, and then you go to what was it caused by? Was it was it negligence because they saw they should have done something about it, mm-hmm. or was this caused by a flood mm-hmm. and it was an act of God, right. or was it covered? Who is responsible and that kind of thing? And so when it gets it starts to get kind of out of hand, but but. Just from a, a friendly neighborly standpoint, there's just a lot of tree questions, like like the the fruit question, right? Well, <laughs> well, the well, the question too, like I was saying, is say I have an issue with my neighbor's tree, not mm-hmm. my neighbor itself. 
what would you as a lawyer recommend at my that first step? Would it be talk to the neighbor or would it be, hey, get informed first, take pictures of the tree, go to a lawyer, and just so you you can respond back to them? Cause, well, I would first want to get uh, a, a, a the perspective of a third party. I always do that. I'll okay. say, I'll get one of my friends or somebody I trust that's not biased because I may be biased against it for some reason. Maybe it's got the red cacated woodpecker in it, even though the tree isn't that beautiful, because red cacated woodpeckers are a uh, an endangered species out, you know, in our area. And the I think it's the uh, well, Jones State Forest when, has them. When has there ever been a scenario, a legitimate scenario? You come to me, I want you want my tree removed, and I say no. And my reasoning, what's a legitimate reason not to cut down a tree? Well, for one thing, the, the reticated woodpecker, because okay. that's an endangered species. And okay. you can't do you think the average person would care okay. about that? Um, I would, because I'm, I'm a freak about preservation, this kind of thing. And I love trees. I don't want any trees to come down. So okay. I'm a tree hugger. Um, uh, for the most part, I think it will come down on its own. I just like trees, I like to do stuff with them. But if you came to me and said that uh, the, the tree that you have on your property that you know is behind mine or whatever, it's really annoying to me, and I can't stand it. Of course, I'm going to. I'm going to wonder why. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to find out what the annoyance is. Is it really a danger? It, let's try to work something out. I want to look to see if the trunk is on my property, if it's on your property. Is it split? Let's see what we can do about it. Because if you're going to go saw half my tree off so it's a lopsided half tree, well, that takes away the whole beauty of it. And I don't want to do that either. So maybe you should just have it removed to save your neighbor's fence or. Well, I mean, you're going to, I would say it's always, it's like you're saying, you're always going to talk about it. Communication is it really, it goes to the heart of the matter because. But like in a situation that he's talking about, do you think, I think he should go talk to his neighbor first. And then if that conversation didn't go well, document that. The you first know? thing I would do though is I'd find out if I was crazy because I never, you know, I always question whether I'm being biased about something. I may have a personal bias about a tree because I want it there because it had some sentimental carving or value or whatever the case may be. So I'm going to go find out, am I just being dumb? And so I'm going to ask my, my kids or somebody that's not involved, hey, come look at this. Right. And then when I find out that I'm not being dumb, then I'm going to try to go find out what the neighbor's point of view is because that's mm -hmm. what you always do. You mm -hmm. try to communicate. And just tell them your concerns. Because it may be and... no big deal. To, it may be that, wow, they've really got a legitimate reason for not wanting this, you know. Right. Uh, whatever the case may be. And mm -hmm. so, but yes, communication is critical. That's always going to be the first resolution. But the first thing I want to do is find out, am, am I being unreasonable? And mm -hmm. so I'm going to go find out from third parties, uh, you know, is it just me? Because I never, I always question my bias mm -hmm. if there is one. Then after I communicate on the side to find out, am I just being dumb here without giving any, I'm not going to try to taint it. Then mm -hmm. I'll go talk with whoever it is I'm having, that's having the beef with it or mm -hmm. vice versa mm -hmm. and then try to go from there. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. But, but if a tree, say for example, uh, the tree is on your neighbor's property, it's encroaching on your fence, it's uh -huh. breaking your fence. Right. And uh, Dick goes over and he says, hey, you know, you probably can't see this from your perspective, mm -hmm. but my fence is being broken, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And the guy says, oh, get over it. Leave me alone. <laughs> and and then he could actually file a suit for nuisance and a court could order the tree removed. That goes to my next topic, Other, than, but I still want to get to fruit. Okay? Yeah, that's a fun question. question. Because I have, I have several fence issues regarding trees and, mm -hmm. and that's important too. So, um, but let's answer the fruit question. Uh, okay. What, what about that? If my neighbor owns a fruit tree mm -hmm. 
and the branches hang over my property. Can I eat the fruit? And that delicious pear, our lemon, our orange, mm-hmm. is hanging right over into your yard, mm-hmm. beckoning you, mm-hmm. and it's getting ripe and beautiful. Can you just pluck that that fruit right off that tree and eat it? Right. And um, what do you think? Uh, and my instinct would be, if it's hanging over my property, I should be able to to take the if I can trim it, I can certainly trim it right off and then you take would the think right right. But if it's still alive and it hasn't been trimmed, I think there's some question about it. So what's the answer? The answer is no. You cannot eat the tree the fruit that's hanging on the tree, even if it's over on your property of of a tree owned by your neighbor. And that makes no sense because you could. Because you could trim it and get it. Yeah, right. Huh. Um, courts are just divided over whether you, or not you can eat the fruit that's fallen on the ground. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? I would think if it falls on the ground, it's on your property now. Yeah. But they're divided over that. So, yeah. you know, and Dick, this sounds so silly, but a lot of neighbors fought about this ridiculous Oh, no, stuff. I mean, I, I completely understand that, but. It's Three. just it's just one of the, like that's why I say it's easy money for lawyers because it's because people just won't get along. They won't get along yeah. and it's like we're going to fight this until it, you know mm-hmm. I have no I have unlimited budget. Yeah. And and I'm I mean, mad at I'm, you. I'm curious to see what court cases have existed where like somebody died because of negligence and what are people able to do with our neighbor with Well, our I mean neighbor. then you go straight to the exact same um the, the same sort of structured uh, uh, uh protocol in determining who has liability. Was the tr- was their net because it happens a lot. Was it pretty healthy this, or well, this was also it like again like this sounds like one of those first world problems. If that, that make, uh, well, if that makes sense, like I, I imagine there's a unique scenario where it's something that's very it is a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. They need to fix it, and like for example, say I have ten kids. We play in the backyard. My neighbor's street's so old, any day it could fall over and it could potentially hit one of the kids. Like I feel like that's something that needs to be pointed out. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're having fruit thieves and stuff like that, it's just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's just kind of bizarre to be like, let's let's focus all of our attention on it. Because I think that's why my dad always approached it, where if he saw a problem, he goes, I'll pay for it. Yeah. And I'll take care of it for yeah. you. Like, right. all Which, this kind of that stuff. That is actually the best case scenario. If, tree, if your tree falls on your neighbor's property, um, typically homeowners insurance deductibles are massive in situations like this. Mm-hmm. And they really can't afford to fix everything. And it would be, it goes a long way to working with your neighbor if you can, and damages like that. And being a reasonable person. Yeah, because if the same thing happened to you, you'd want to work with them. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's just easier and better to build that rapport and kind of work together on on splitting. But they don't have to. Mm -hmm. If your tree falls on, if their tree falls on your property, you better have homeowner's insurance because they don't have to do anything unless there was some negligence. Now, um, we were talking about fences because Mm -hmm. fences are a big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fences are lack of a fence can also cause problems between neighbors. Rural and urban fence issues vary substantially. Since most of us now live in urban areas, I will limit this discussion to issues commonly faced by urban landowners related to boundary line fences. This happens a lot because you don't, because people are questioning the boundary line and people could put fences up. It happens all the time. Right. That aren't on the proper property right. line. Mm-hmm. And just because you put a fence up does not mean that it's your property. No. And so now you're questioning, people are putting fences up and they're like, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that you can get in a lawsuit or that. So the communication issue kind of comes into play again. A boundary line fence is a fence that is located on the property line between two properties and is used by both property owners. Texas does not have a specific statute of law dealing with boundary line fences. The principles state, this principle stated below, are generally applied to determine the right 
and obligations of neighbors regarding boundary line fences. Most fence disputes arise over one of three issues. Fence boundaries, maintenance of the existing fences, mm-hmm. and replacement of an old fence. So right. the question is, who owns a fence? Do you have any idea? Um, I think the person that erected the fence owns the fence. Sort of. It depends. Unless the parties agree otherwise, a fence located on the boundary line between neighboring properties is owned by both the property owners when both property owners are using the fence. Neither may remove the fence without permission of the other owner. Okay. Determining when a property owner is using a fence is critical. Generally, a property owner is determined to be using a boundary fence when the neighbor's entire yard is fenced on all sides. For example, if a neighbor is fenced only three sides of the property, he is not using the fence. So, who is responsible for maintaining a boundary fence? Uh, the person who erected the fence. The property owners who use the fence are who responsible. Who use yeah. it. So, if you're both using it, then, then you're both, you both responsible. Have to use it. Right. The law places responsibility on both parties because both benefit from the fence. Consequently, when the fence needs repair, both property owners must share the cost. So, if a tree falls on a commonly owned fence, then there's some question about who should repair it. And that's when you kind of want to get with your neighbor and be, you know, good with them and all that stuff. Um, can neighbors enter into fence agreements? Um, if neighbors do not want to share ownership of a boundary, they can enter an agreement start stating what the arrangements are. So that's always a good idea to do mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking to your fence. A lot of times fences just go up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't even see it happening, and then suddenly oh, it's know. there, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, eh, let's just weave all the blah, blah, blah. I will tell you this, though. If somebody puts a fence up and they put it in the wrong place, that does not mean that's the property line. Right. They're encroaching, and ap- but if after 10 years they're using it and they're, mm-hmm. they can adversely possess on that. They sure can. So don't let it go on that long, even mm-hmm. if it's a few feet. Without putting them on notice, by the way, that's my property. I've got your fence there. I give you permission to mm-hmm. have it. The, giving permission stops right. the Once adverse possession claim. Yeah. Now, I give you permission to have your fence on my property, but it, I that still is own my the property, property. You're not adverse possession. Now, what should you do if your neighbor builds a fence on your property? As soon as you become aware that that fence is on your property, ask your neighbor to stop building until you can both determine where the property line is located and where the fence should be constructed. And I'm telling you what, uh, this happens a lot where you're saying stop it, and they do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, then you can call me or you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go That's forward right. with. Well, what about fight fences? Um, you know, that obstruct people's views and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of situations. There is, and you're going right back to the nuisance issue. It may not be a spite fence. It may be a privacy fence. And one person may call a privacy fence a spite fence. That's right. And somebody else may call it the privacy. And it makes, it's really huge on whatever the perspective is. But I can tell you, it's, once you get into court, it's a lot of money. And spite fences are really, really difficult. I mean, you'll know what a spite fence is. Mm -hmm. A spite fence is something that, really wasn't there for protecting property, more or less. A, a spite fence is something that is obstructing somebody's view or was done with a, a malice intent. But still, it costs a lot of money to fight a spite fence. So. Mm-hmm. It really does. And also, uh, in Texas, motive for erecting a fence is typically irrelevant. It isn't. It's A, a spite fence has got to be really, really clear. And you see it when somebody bought a property that that has an ocean view. Yeah. It, it usually has to do when you've got really, really expensive property mm-hmm. and somebody's upset because somebody's obstructed their view and so they're going to obstruct their view and they do something crazy like, you know, put a 15-foot wall that the, 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 the owner that they didn't like can't see the lake anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a spite fence. Right. And so it, it's, you, can, it's, you can tell when it's a spite fence. But when you're just dividing property, probably not. Okay. All right. Well, this has been a great show. I think it's interesting. We want you to know. Well, Tony, think we all we hope you think it's interesting. 
um, we want you to know you can listen to us on ourlonestar.com. Uh, you can download us on Google Play or iTunes. Uh, catch us next week, Tuesday from 12 to 1, uh, 106.1, 104.5. And always remember to serve God by serving Jesus. That's right. Y'all have a great week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>